Now, it's kind of like this. If you're running a marathon, which I'm not running, I never plan on to run a marathon. All right, but this is the only analogy that I have to use here. But if you ever watch uh, like a marathon on TV, you have all of these people that are on the sides of the roads. And what are they doing? They're cheering on the runner. And you know what I really love about it is typically within a marathon, nobody is cheering on a specific runner necessarily, but they're cheering on everyone. Why? Because they are being words of encouragement. They're being words of encouragement. They're saying, look, I know you're tired. Keep going. You're, you're almost there. You can do this. You got this. And it always, it always uh, just blew my mind because you would see people running and people who had no idea, like strangers, are holding up cups of water. So these people are coming. They're grabbing the cups of water. They're drinking it. My thought is like, I hope that was just water. I hope somebody's not trying to play a nasty trick on you. You know what I mean? So here's how I I view this is that we have got a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on in this life journey, this race that has been marked out for us saying, look, when when you're doing great and you're pursuing it and you're going and you're getting it with everything you got, good job, keep going, encouragement, but watch this. And when when things are tough, when, when, when you, you, you're, you're falling apart inwardly, when relationships are falling apart, when, when psychologically you don't know what, what's going on and, 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 and everything else around you could be crashing in, guess what? They're still there. What are they doing? You got this. This race has been marked for you. Follow the lead that Jesus has given you. Don't give up. Do you know what I've always found out? That typically the moment when people give up on things, they're like this close from what could have been. I don't, want to, I don't want to live my life and I don't want you to live your life this close of what could have been. I want us to go after it all the way. Now watch this. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so what easily entangles us. The Bible, understand this, recognizes in life that it's, it, it's not so easy that we need to understand. We need the Bible to help us along this way that we need people in our corner cheering us on, all right? It goes on to say, and let us run with, everybody said that word, what is it? Perseverance. Let's do that one more time. What is it? Perseverance. So what? We are to run this race with perseverance, meaning we need what? Patience. Oh, we need endurance and we need this attitude. Hang in there. Hang in there. It's not as bad as what you think it is. So what we're going to look at today is a person who took a long time for God to do what he said he was going to do. Can anybody bear witness to that in your own life? Let me, let me repeat that. Waiting for God forever to do what he said he was going to do. Anybody been there? Done that? Wrote the book, right? I think my life has been that all the way through. It's like, God, you gave me a promise. I'm expecting tomorrow. It's like 30 years down the road. So this is what we're looking at. We're looking at this person in the Bible in the Old Testament. Her name's Sarah. I believe that this may be a place today where a lot of us might just be. A place where God has spoken some things, but it's just not being clear. And truthfully, you're seeing nothing happen the way you thought it was going to happen. You're not seeing it pan out the way that you had hoped for it to have pan out. I believe that this may be a place where many of you are today. 
I feel like that this person could help us tremendously within our Christian walk. So let's take a look in the scripture, Genesis chapter 15, verses one through six. And it says this, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram. Notice his name has not been changed yet. All right, so it's, it's, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Now, these next few words are very important because the way I see it and, and the way that I've ex- seen it dealt with in my life is that whenever God speaks vision or speaks promise or speaks something into our lives that he wants to do, it, it's, it's, it's usually he needs to follow up with this type of phrasing. And he does it a lot through scripture. And this is what it says. It says this, do not be afraid. In other words, God is saying, hang in there. Be patient right now, because what I'm about to tell you is not going to happen when you think it should happen. It's not going to happen when, according to your timeline, necessarily. He's saying, I need you to listen up, but hang in there. Don't give up when you feel like you could give up. Stay true to the course. He says, don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. In other words, regardless of what life may appear to be, I am here to protect you, but also understand if nothing else were to ever come about for your life, I am still your reward. Okay, see, see, here's, here's how I pictured that. I was sitting at home, and I was at my dining room table. That's where I do all my sermon prep for Sunday, the majority of it. Early in the morning, it's still dark out. You know, I'm sitting there. Everybody's asleep. It's peaceful and quiet. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going through this passage of Scripture. And right there in that moment, these, this phrase jumped right out at me. He says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. What does that mean? That God is protecting me. But here's what's more important. I'm also what? Your very great reward. That means regardless of any blessing that you think should be placed on your life, the only thing that truly matters in your life is God himself. That's the only thing that God truly has to promise to you is Jesus Christ. Everything else is an extra. Everything else is added to. The only thing I need in my life is Jesus himself. All right. Goes on to say, but Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? He's saying, I don't have an heir, right? And the one who will inherit my, my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir. In other words, I know it may, what everything looks like on the outside, but I'm trending you in a different direction. He's saying, look, I I know what the impossibility looks, and I'm hearing your cry. I'm hearing your prayer, but I see things differently because I've got a plan for your life. I've got a purpose. I've got a will, and I'm going to make sure that this thing happens. So I get what you're saying, Abram. You don't have, but really you do have. You just haven't seen it yet. Now, he goes on to say, uh, Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Verse four, then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. So this promise 
is coming 25 years before it could actually happen. That's a long time. I don't remember what was spoken to me 25 years ago. This is a promise that was given to Abraham and to Sarah, and it wasn't going to be fulfilled until, what, 25 more years later down the road. How many of us would have forgotten? How many of us would have gave up? How many of us would have been like, well, Lord, you missed the mark on that one, man. I don't, and, and here, you're going to understand why even more so. But at this point, both Abraham and Sarah, they were at, at this point, childbearing capacity. But God's plan was taking everything much further so God would be what? Glorified and not man in this moment. So God is showing Abraham in the next verses as to what is to come. How many of us know that even when God is trying to get our attention or shows us what is to be, we still sometimes don't get it. We still sometimes don't see it clearly. We allow voices. We allow uh, noise of life to get in the way. Let's take a look at this scripture. This is very familiar. I spoke on it several months back. I'm only briefly going to touch it, though, for a second. He says, he took him outside and said, look up at the sky. He says, count the stars. Why do he say that? Because he said, you can't do that. If indeed you can count them, which means there's so many stars that Abram, Abraham, you can't count all of them right now. Have you ever looked up in the sky on one of those beautiful summer nights and looked up and it was like a gazillion stars? I, in my mind, I go multiply that by like a hundred. You know what I mean? That's probably what he was looking at. All right, when he looked up. And God is saying, this is, what you're, this is what your offspring, this is what's going to really happen because of the promise that I'm going to give you. Know this, that God almost in this moment is in a dilemma of his own because he's trying to get Abram to see something that is outside of his mental capacity to relieve, receive. Same thing happens within us. Many times God shows us things that's outside of our mental capacity to understand or to believe. Like, how in the world is that even possible, God? How could you do that in my life? Watch this. God, my spouse is so far away from you. How is it even possible that they come back to Christ or even, in fact, come to Christ? How, 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 God, it's so impossible for me to see that my kids could come to Christ. It's so impossible for me to see that this uh, you know, relationship that I, I'm a part of could be mended and could be brought back together. God, it's so impossible for me to see how you could just take a person who is uneducated with no talents, no abilities, but yet make me successful. God, it's so impossible for me to live a life that is a, a living according to the word of God when, Lord, do you realize what my reputation is? God, do you realize the mistakes that I have done and the mishaps that I've been a part of? And the dumb decisions that I have allowed to be a part of my life. God, do you, do you not see? How is this even possible? It says, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Verse 6. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. Now, today's message would be this. For when you can't understand. God, for when you can't understand God, an impatience threatens to overwhelm you. I'm going to ask this question. This is kind of funny and dumb at the same time. 
Is anybody in here impatient? Yeah. This guy. Some of you are impatiently waiting for me to ask that question. Watch this. Let me, let, me, let me break it to you this way. For when you can't understand, in other words, it makes sense on Sunday. It makes sense on Sunday to understand, doesn't it? Why? Because we're here together. You hear the word of God, it makes sense right now to understand it. But when Monday comes, and Tuesday comes, and Wednesday comes, because you didn't come to Bible study, and Thursday comes, that was a subliminal message right there. And Friday comes, and Saturday comes, and your impatience is there because what you were feeling on Sunday, you're not feeling on Friday. Because, Pastor, you don't understand the problems that my family has gone through. Really, you don't understand the problems my family has gone through either. We need to understand that even when we don't get it, God still gets it. Even when we don't see it clearly, God already saw it clearly. He already made it to be what it's going to be. You just need to get on board on what his plan, purpose, and will is. Now, Sarah would come along right now and tell us, look, I got impatient. She's one of those individuals who was mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. But she would come back and tell us right now, if she could say one word to you, she would say, look, I got impatient. Patient. Watch this. She may even say, don't complicate God's promise with your solution. Who loves to be in control? We talked about this last week. Okay, I do. Thank you. This becomes a control matter. We're all about our solutions. We're all about how we can bring the fix that's necessary. Rather than going, God, what is your solution in this? Because my impatience, my imperfections is kind of ruling right now, and I need to step away from that. Sarah would definitely say in this moment, a moment of patience could save you a lifetime of regrets. I want to repeat that one more time. A moment of patience could save you a lifetime. Let's, let's take it a little bit further. A moment of patience could save you any what? Eternity of regret. Now, here we go. Here's what we're going to do. If you know anything about her story, you know that she takes matters into her own hand. As we study the story, we're going to pull out some teachings that point out some encouragements, some teaching points that I think will enable us here for a few minutes. So here's what I would say that Sarah would say. She would say, trust God, even if it takes a long time. And believe me, sometimes it takes a long time. God is notoriously slow in view of, your, of our slowness. Watch this. There's a guy, he was talking to God, and he said, God, what's a million years like to you? God's response was, well, it's just like a second, okay? God, what's a million dollars like to you? 
Well, God's response, well, it's just like a penny. The man's response, God, can I have a million dollars? God's response, sure, give me a second. (laughs) That'll put it in perspective, won't it? Let's take a look in Genesis chapter 16, verses one through two. It says, now this, now Sarai, her name hadn't been changed. Abram's wife had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, So here's what, she's got bad theology in this moment, right? She's having an impatient thought. She knows what the promise is, but she's being very impatient. And, And so watch this. The Lord has kept me from having children. Now, wait a minute. There was a promise given already that she was going to. But now she's saying, but watch this. She's blaming God. God is keeping me from having children. So in other words, what she's saying is, is like this. I know what God said, but he's still keeping me away from it. So, you know, she might as well just call God a liar in that moment. Here's what I don't get. Watch this. Go sleep with my slave. Like what wife does that? Like she's, she's got problems. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram's not as smart either. He agrees. Like, really? What are you doing, man? You know, it's, it's, obviously she's the neck turning the head here, you know? And, and, and he go, do you not know this is going to cause problems later? This is a big mistake here in this moment. So, and and what's even worse about it is that God gave them a promise and they're both totally blowing it aside. They become impatient. They're allowing themselves to come up with a solution. They're taking God out of the control mechanism and they're placing themselves in control. Do you know when you allow yourself to be fully in control, you're doing it wrong? Your life will not be successful if you are constantly at the control panel. You have, eventually, you have got to get to the place where you're releasing control to God and saying, Lord, this life is about you. You created me in your image. You have a plan. You have a desire. And it's not about what my wants are, but God, it's about what your desire, your plan is for my life. Because watch this. Stop being selfish. It's not necessarily about your feelings. What God is wanting to do is not necessarily about what you can attain or retain from it. It's about what others can get from you. We take on this selfish attitude like, God, what are you going to give me today? God's going, I'm trying to bless her through you. Don't worry about you. Let's get her blessed. All right, some of you, that'll catch some of you later. So Abram takes the advice of his wife, bears a child named Ishmael, who becomes the father of the Arab nations. So since then, there has been what? what, Nothing but chaos since all of it. Understand this, that when you are in control, your life is full of chaos. Your life is full of uh, no solutions. you're, you're, You're not in the grasp of what God's plan is. You're not going after his promise. So we need to understand through Sarah, that we need to do this. Trust God, even if it seems ridiculous. Even if it seems absurd. 
What is it? Trust God. It's so, like, I feel ridiculous about even saying that it's ridiculous. But even when it's ridiculous, trust him. He knows what's best for your life. You have an idea. You have a thought. You have, watch this, a concept. But you know what you are? You're flawed. So your idea, your thought, your concept, guess what it is? It's flawed. So we are to trust God even if it seems impossible. We're to trust God even if it seems ridiculous. Why? Because he's not flawed. He knows exactly what he's doing. In fact, in his mind, it's already done. He's just waiting for you to catch up. Now, we, don't, we, we get uncomfortable with that because most people want their Christianity to be what? Normal, all tucked in, looking good. Watch this. If you like normal, God messes you up really good because God's normal is not our same definition. He is actually normal. We are the ones who are messed up. Can I say that one more time? He is actually normal. You and me, we are the ones who are truly messed up. What we think is wisdom, the Bible says, is foolishness in the sight of God. Watch this. It's not normal to raise dead, is it? But in God's eyes, it is. It's not normal for the miracles to take place, but in God's eyes, that's not, it is. If you are always seeking normal, then you are removing yourself from a miracle that God could work within your life. And we need to be cautious and actually become uncomfortable that we even think this way. I love this in Genesis chapter 18, verses 10 through 14. It says, then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, remember, now they are old. It is said that they're, uh, Abram, uh, 100, Sarah, 90. Explain that pregnancy. Th this is not normal in our way of thinking. But in God's mind, he goes, I am normal. Whatever I speak will be normal. Whatever I do is normal. So stop defining what normal is in your view and start looking at what normal is in God's view. Now, he goes on to say, now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abram, Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. I, this is so absurd right here. Watch verse 12. Now, if I heard the angel of the Lord talking, right, I don't know that I would be laughing. Here's what she does. So Sarah laughed. This wasn't like a giggle. This was a God, you are ridiculous. Do you not see me in this state? This is impossible. This is like a laugh of sarcasm. It says, so Sarah laughed to herself as she thought. After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? And watch this. 
we think God doesn't listen to us, right? We forget that God is all-knowing and all-powerful and he's all this wonderful, like he knows your thoughts. So watch this in this moment, watch this. And, and I love this because it says, uh, the, the, the next verse, verse 13, then the Lord said to Abram, well, why, wait a minute, why, why did Sarah laugh? Like she's not even in the same room. And he goes, why, why is Sarah why is Sarah laughing? Okay, now watch. And say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is, some of y'all need to, you need to highlight this uh, part in your Bible. You need, to, uh, you need to really look at this daily. Watch this. Is anything too hard for who? The Lord. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Let me ask you that question. Is anything too hard for God? Then why are we living like it is? Why are you looking at the impossibilities in your life as what you think is normal to be impossibilities? Why are you not looking at it as if God is saying, I've got a plan, I've got a way to get through this if you would just pay attention to me? What about the children of Israel when they faced the Red Sea? What do you think they were thinking when they came upon that? Oh, it's over. What are you going to do now, God? You let us out to what? To our demise. Are you, you're going to kill us. You're going to destroy us. No, what? God already had the plan worked out. He already had everything worked out. All they had to do was what? Trust and be obedient and follow his lead. Many of you, that's where you're at right now. You need to trust, you need to be obedient, and what? Follow his lead. I think God says this, you insult me with your small thinking. He goes on to say, I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will what? Have a son. God's saying this, it's going to take what? A long time. When God does something, it's going to be really strange, and we need to trust God even if those around you don't. The devil, the, the enemy himself, will, will do everything he can to put naysayers all around you. That's why I'm constantly telling you, many of you, you need to begin to make that circle of influence a lot smaller. There's relationships within your life that are not supposed to be there. Those things need to be cut out. No, not many amens there. That's cool. Genesis chapter 21, verses 6 through 7. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh at me. We've got too many voices. We live in a technological age where you can't even escape them. Some, you know what some of you need to do? Watch this. You need to fast social media. Pastor, we, we did the 21-day fast back in January. Yeah, we, maybe you need to do it again. Maybe you don't need to do the food. Maybe you need to do the social media. Maybe there's some things you need to cut out of your life because it's doing nothing but junk and throwing it at you. And you know what happens when you can continue to, to take it in? Whatever you bring in, it's got to come out. And it's not smelling well. So Sarah is playing that God knew exactly what he was doing. 
But she had a solution that was totally against God's promise. Now watch this, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Understanding this, and by faith, even Sarah. Now, I love the words even there. Because like, you don't see, she made some dumb decisions. And God's saying even her, like even her. Even this one I'm going to allow be in this group of people that are doing awesome things, all right? It says, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. I love this. Eventually, you're going to come to the spot within your life where you're going to realize, I got to stop fighting it, and I need to go with the direction that God's pointing me and leading me and taking me and dragging me, kicking and screaming. I need to move in it. My, my thinking here is this, as a pastor, this is where my frustrations come in, is simply this. We know that we're kicking and screaming against what God's wanting to do, but we continue to kick and scream and go against it. When are you going to start thinking right and go, Lord, I just, I just need to follow this plan. I just need to follow this path. I just need to allow this to be a part of my life. I need to stop doing my own solutions and my own control and allow you to be what fully in control. At the end, she realized, though, that she tried to accomplish everything within her own solutions. But yet God was still faithful. Thank God for that. Thank God that even when we are trying to do it in our solutions and we're failing at it, God is still what? Faithful. God is still what? Faithful. Come on now, one more time. God is still faithful even when we are unfaithful even when we are dropping the ball even when we're not allowing the word of God even when we're not spending time in prayer even when we're not fasting even when we're not doing our part God is still faithful I think Sarah would give us three encouragements number one don't try to get ahead of God when he's not moving fast enough for you we need to be careful in our impatience we don't make decisions, or we, that we don't make decisions that we would ultimately regret. Have you ever lived in regret? Let me, I'm going to bring up that for a reason. Because you've been there before. You've lived in regret before. And it's not a fun season, is it? It's not very uplifting. It's not an exciting time. But you know what I love that God does? He takes our regret. He takes our shortcomings. He takes our problems. And he uses those as developmental seasons. To even when we make the bad mistakes, God is still working and moving to develop us into the person that he planned for you to be. Watch this. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow. <laughs> we think he is, don't we? The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is, what? Patient. So since this is, what do we do in the meantime? Sometimes the waiting is the painful moment. You can hardly make it through it, but what do we do? The secret of patience is doing something else in the meantime. Get your mind off of it. Be patient. Don't rush it. If God didn't say move, don't move. 
If God didn't say, say it, don't say it. Don't try to press things in your timeline. Psalm 37 and 7 says this, be still in the presence of the Lord and what? Wait patiently for him to act. You can do what is on the other side of that comma when you do the first part. What? Be patient or being still in the presence of the Lord. My favorite scripture in the Bible, Psalms 46, 10. What? Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Look, here's my mentality. Here's my makeup. God developed me to be a person that's like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I say he did it. Maybe I developed myself that way. I don't know, right? But I often have to look back on that scripture in my own life. That's why it's my favorite one. Because I've got to sit down and go, whew, wait a minute. God didn't say move yet, so I need to just chill. I need to hang in there. I don't need to act right now. I especially don't need to react right now. But I need to relax. I need to let God, don't worry about what others are saying. Some of you need to, like I said before, fast as social media, get off of all of that. God is not nervous and God is not worried. So why are you? Let me repeat that again. God is not nervous and God is not worried. So why are you? Number two, I think she would probably give us encouragement. When you must wait, focus on what's happening in you and not what's happening to you. Let's say it this way. When something is happening to you, you can be assured that God wants to do something in you. He takes these moments as developmental moments. God is more interested in your character than he is in your comfort. Because you've got an eternity to be comfortable if you're a follower of him. Every day, Monday through Friday, my wife and I, we wake our boys up to go to school. They don't like that morning. They don't like that wake up. They detest it. They're pulling covers over their head. I've got one kicking and screaming while I'm pulling him by his legs out of the bed. That's how some of you are with God. Looks ridiculous. You like that? And the reason we do this every day is because in their pain, we know that they're being developed for something in their future. Some of you within your life, God is challenging you. And some of you, he's right in your face right now. And he's challenging you and you're uncomfortable and you don't like it. I need you to understand this. He's doing this simply because what you may be facing right now is developing you, bringing purpose in you for what he has for you down the road. Watch this. My son Carter has difficulty with reading, okay? He has difficulty with comprehending. I'm his dad, his mom. We do everything in our power with the school to make sure our son is developing appropriately within his age level. Everything that we could possibly do, we're trying, we're trying to do it. And every little step where we see his reading become more fluent, and his comprehension become a little bit more clear to us, that is a massive 
victory. Now for his little mind and his thinking, he doesn't see it that way. He sees that his mom and dad is torturing me. What he doesn't realize is we're developing him for tomorrow or for 10 years from now. So when he becomes an adult, he is going to be able to what? Function a lot better. Are you seeing this? Some of you, God is trying to get your attention. He's trying to develop you. Stop fighting the process. Give into his plan, into his solution, into his will. Allow his direction to be the only direction. And he's doing it because he's developing in you for what his plan, purpose, and will is for your life. Listen, there's, you're never truly happy until you're living in his plan, purpose, and will. Can I say that for a second? Because I have lived outside of his plan, purpose, and will before. And it can be pure hell. You can go through seasons of your life where you think you have everything, every dot eyed, every T crossed. But if God's not the one dotting the I and crossing the T, then you're doing it wrong. Some of you, you have lived your life in seasons where you thought you had the answer. Let me tell you something. You don't have a clue. You have no idea what God has in store for you because I don't, you couldn't even tell me the last time you picked up his word. I'm, I'm getting a little harsh here, but, but you need it. God gets harsh with me quite often. God's gonna get harsh with you. You have become so blinded by the noise of this world that, you know, Scripture tells us that his voice is like a still, small voice. And we've got so much loudness, so much noise happening all around. And here's what we do. We're listening for the loud voice. Because maybe the loud voice will give us that circumstantial happiness that only comes from a circumstance by something happening around you. And we miss the small voice that gives the joy that is what eternal, that is deep inside of you, that no person can take away. Wake up. I believe God says I create pain for your future purpose. Here we go. Romans chapter 8, 24 through 25. When we were given this hope, when we were saved, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But watch this. But if we're looking forward to something we don't have yet, we must wait what? Patient and confidently. Patience isn't the ability to wait, but how you act while you're waiting. James chapter 1, verse 24 through 25. Consider it pure joy. What? Consider it pure joy when? When you're facing trials, when you're facing problems, when you're facing long days, when you have those hard weights, right? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God is committed to this process. A lot of us are slowing it down because of our attitude. You want to know why some of this is taking so long for God to do? Because you're in his way. Think about that. Do you know why some of this is taking 25 years for God to do? Because you're in the way. James, uh, I just did that one, never mind. Third thing, here's what Sarah would say as I wrap this up. You can stand with me. 
she would say, even our very best cannot possibly compare to anything God has in mind. Even your very best cannot possibly compare to anything God has in mind. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 4 says, For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who what? Wait. Wait for him. My biggest struggle in life is my lack of patience. My wife could tell you that. Oh, I don't want to wait on anything. But I've had to learn. The greatest things that have ever happened in my life is because I waited. I waited because I was able to allow. Waiting enabled me to do this. God, this is in your hands. It's in your control. Not my control, but your control, Father. It's not about my plan anymore. It's not about my desire, Lord. It's about yours. All this is great, right? The plans that God has for us, the promise, all that's fantastic. But you know what? God truly can't reveal those things and truly can't speak those things into your life unless you're a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what it all really comes down to. You know, that's the most important thing for all of us is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Like I said before, the promises, the dreams, that's great what God has for your life. That's fantastic. I speak a lot about that stuff. I speak a lot about going in provision. I don't talk. I, 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 I'm not a um, prosperity person. But I talk about the provision of God because the provision of God is the most important thing. God, all I truly need is you. Jesus, all we need is you. If we receive not even our next breath, all we need is you. Paul says what? Our mere existence on this earth is a vapor compared to our eternity. So where's your eternity going to be? Is it going to be with the Father, with the Son? See, that decision is up to you. Or are you destined for eternity of hell because of the lack of trust in God and, and not going after his son, Jesus Christ, and accepting him as your Lord and Savior. Now we're all faced with that decision in our lives. I've made that decision February the 6th, 1997, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Never forget the moment as long as I live. Greatest day of my life. And then I got married, you know, of course. Amen, amen. But seriously, I want you to close your eyes, bow your heads for a minute. I want to ask you this question today. <clears throat> you want what I talked about. If you want this provision, if you want what God is trying to do in your life, maybe you don't know what it is yet. That's fine too. You don't have to know everything, believe it or not. That's cool. Because God still has a plan regardless of what he allows you to know or not know, he still has a plan. But that plan can't be if you don't first accept his son, 
Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. So my first question this morning is simply this. If you're here today and you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want to make today the day that you accept him as your Lord and Savior of your life, I just want you to slip up your hand. See those hands. I see those hands. Excellent. I give another moment, if that's you today. If you want to make that commitment here this morning, I want you to slip that hand. Let's pray this prayer together. Boldly, exciting, enthusiastic, because this is a rejoicing moment. Lord Jesus, today I accept you as the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me in your eyes. Mold me, Lord, into what you want me to be. Keep your angels around me, protecting me. May I follow in your footsteps from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Absolutely. Amen. Now I'm going to ask you this. We're talking about this hero of faith this morning. And man, she made some really bonehead decisions just like you do just like I do and not you know we make life way more harder than what it needs to be and and God is saying look if you can just relinquish control if you can just understand you know listen to my voice act when I say act move when I say move do what I say to do if if you realize today that I'm in the I'm in the way of what God wants to do far too much. I see it today, Pastor. I see that I'm, I'm allowing, you know, the equation that God has set up, I've, I've put way too many variables in, involved in it. And I'm way overcomplicating this whole thing. If that's you today and you want to say, you know, I want prayer that, you know what, God, I want to relinquish all of that today and I want you to be the sole source of my happiness, my joy. I want you to be the source of my direction. I want you, Father, to to just do all of your plan, purpose, and will is. I want to step out of the way and let you step into the driver's seat. If that's you today, I just want you to slip your hand. Excellent. Hands all across. That's awesome. Let's pray. God, you see your people today. You see the hands that are uplifted. You even know the ones that aren't, God, but the people who are going, Lord, I, I, I hear this. I hear this message. And I'm, I'm way far involved in, 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 in staying in control and everything being, being about my solution rather than relinquishing control and allowing you, Lord, to be the solution. So today, God, I stand here with a bunch of people, me included, and say, Lord, take control. Take control, God. Because we have made decisions that are just, they're failing. They're falling on their face. They're not according to your will. They're not a part of what you want for our lives. And God, we understand that the only place that we really have true peace, God, is when we are acting in your plan. God, my prayer today is that for every person that's here and represented, that we have the joy of the Lord. Because Lord, it is our strength. 
And we can only have that when we relinquish control and allow you to do as you want and allow you to move as you see. God, that we would get to the spot where we don't move unless we hear you. That we don't speak those words unless you give them for us to speak. So God, help us as your people to live the life that you have planned for us, to do as you call us, to stay committed to that. And we love you. So Father, as we celebrate this Mom's Day, this Mother's Day, I pray blessing over every single mom. Bless their home, bless their children, do great and mighty things through them. May they leave a legacy that will be remembered forever, God. And so in all of this, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. We have a gift for our moms as you walk out. We love you. Happy Mother's Day.